0: This is TF Wire Transformers Week in Review, episode sixty-three, recorded November twelfth, two thousand six. Welcome to
1: TF Wire. It's the finger holes, Ultra Magnus. We shall call you New Soundwave. It pays to get Transformers, cause you get girls. This is Matrix Prime AWA64. This is Matt Spader.
0: This is Kira saying, Transformer. Chill out. Hello, and welcome to Transformers Week in Review. I am Jesse slash Matrix Prime, and I am joined by AWA64.
2: Who? Exactly. <laughs> I'm Debuster. Buster. Hey. Ah. Nah, I'm just shitting with you because I'm stupid, apparently. Yeah. And... Spada. Hi.
0: Curious, uh... It's having technical difficulty. Either that or he died, we're not sure.
2: Uh, he died of a technical difficulty. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: He was killed by a technicality. Anyway... So, should we get on to the smorgasbord of news we have here? Yes, maybe? the... Oh,
2: uh, uh... <laughs> yeah, we really ought to work on that. We'll run out of time otherwise.
0: Okay, story one. Prime is Spoken. The Make, the Make Optimus Prime Speak Contest held at the official Transformers movie website has come to a close, and the winners have been chosen. The first place winner, Carl, who submitted the line, Freedom is a right of all sentient beings. Uh, this line will be included in the movie, and will be the first time that Peter Cullen has ever spoken this line as the Prime character. At least that I'm aware of. Yes. <sighs> runners, up, runners up included, That's how I roll and transform and roll out. These lines will be recorded for downloadable ringtones in the near future. Which will be offered at
1: transformersmovie.com oh, for free. I hope. Oh dear God. <laughs> uh yeah. This is this is utter bullshit. I am sorry. These at least the first line, "Freedom is the right of all sentient beings," and "Transform and roll out" should be automatic. They're part of <laughs> Prime's just language. My God. Prime has never spoken the first line though. No, he's never spoken the first line, but it's been it's been the line or it's been a line he has said for a while now, at least in the Transformer community. I'm sorry, but how many people submitted that? I really want to know. Probably about a thousand. Yeah, there must have been thousands of submissions for Freedom is the Right of All Sentient Beings. Mine was much better than that. What was yours? I don't even remember, but I know it was better than that. (laughs) I personally liked, uh, looking through the initial list, I liked the one that said Alpha Trion said there'd be days like this. I That's like that one. one. What was the whole
0: barrel roll thing?
2: It's a meme started by uh, Star Trek 64. Uh, uh, I, I don't did know. Did I say Trek? I yes. I Fox. <laughs> you said Trek. Star Fox 64. There's no Star Trek 64.
1: Not that I'm aware of anyways. I, this is... This... It just feels like a crappy cop-out
2: on the movie studio. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what I have to say is I had no idea that Bob... was named Carl and lived in Norristown,
1: Pennsylvania. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now you do. And, runners-up, that's how I roll. At least that's an original line. It's an original line, but it's like, um, Prime would never, ever say that.
0: (laughs) That's why it won't be in the
2: movie. (sighs) Really, my biggest problem is how many of the, quote, winners, unquote, were actually just repeating lines that professional writers wrote for the character at an earlier date.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, These lines were probably already in the script to begin with.
1: That's,
2: yeah. Uh, speaking of, uh, well, eh, they probably changed
1: the script and changed the dialogue around, but they weren't when I read it. All I have to say is, I really hope that's how I roll isn't in there. <laughs> Transform and roll out, freedom is the right of all sentient means. Okay, that's perfectly fine. No problem with that.
0: That's how I roll. Oh, <laughs>
1: god. I can understand if, like, Bumblebee said that at some point, but... oh, Piece of crap shit. Uh, I can just
2: imagine Peter Cullen rolling his eyes at some of these.
1: Yeah, Peter Cullen is probably going to be, like, just... He's just going to stand there going, what the fuck is this? (laughs) Actually, that'd be pretty funny, just in Prime's voice, what the fuck is this? (laughs) That would be awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Or just standing there, and you just hear Prime's voice coming across the, across the recording. What the fuck? <laughs> all right, I think we, I think we're going on to uh, question number two. Story two. Yes. Out of all the stories
0: we have, story two, making of Transformers movie book in the works. In a post by Don Murphy at his official forums, uh, he said that a hardcover book chronicling the making of the Transformers movie is in the works. While no concrete information is available at this point, he does say that the book will include plenty of behind-the-scenes photos as well as concept artwork. Cool. Have any of you ever picked up a a making-of book?
2: I have. And well, I'm gonna guess this is gonna cost like 50-60 bucks. <laughs> I actually
1: have a couple of making-of books for some Broadway shows. Like, uh, I've got a, the one for Phantom of the Opera, I have one for think my folks have one for cats and some other shows but uh i think the only other one i have might be one of the star wars ones but that was just like the tech manual
2: that's kind of a different thing
1: yeah but still i some of the making for stuff like i just i would really like to see the robots in there i just want to see how they went about designing the robots that's what i want to see
2: if it's a book with a bunch of concept artwork and crap in it, I'm buying it.
1: Yeah, concept artwork if, I definitely want to see. If it's a book with a bunch of pictures from the set, fuck that. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: And if it's a bunch of pictures of Don Murphy himself? Um, no. <laughs> well, I guess
1: that's it on that story. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's really all we know. Yep. And that's it for the stories! Damn, there's no more? No, we actually had some more, but they've, we've already talked about them, and they were the other <laughs> one was just too dumb. Yeah, we're, uh, we're sorry, folks, but the news these past few weeks has been rather... Non-existent? Oh, that too. We can blame Hasbro, I guess. Sure. <laughs> or the people making the movie. Well, it's
2: kind of... Let's just blame Phaser. Phaser? Make some movie footage! Yeah.
1: <laughs> we want movie footage! Show us something blowing up!
2: I don't know. <laughs> anyway... Oh, I saw the most recent movie footage that got released... Talked about it back at BotCon. And BotCon was what, September? October. Early October.
1: I'm sure they've got some more done. What, don't they want uh, Steven Spielberg to say a few more encouraging words to the fandom?
2: <laughs> I just want him to pull the mini cons out from his pocket and make them do battle.
1: Can we go on to our discussion topic now? Yes.
0: One of two discussion topics?
2: Alright. This past week, the 20th anniversary DVD was released. I didn't buy it you two did. Many other people who are listening out there did, and watched our commentary track with it. Uh, so, you guys tell us what you thought, and I'll maybe talk for a few minutes about why I didn't bother buying it.
1: <laughs> um, I'm actually disappointed with it. I mean, it's not bad, but first off... Well, wait, wait, wait. Before we start talking about all the extras and special features itself... Let's just talk about the movie flat out. Yeah. Yep. Holy crap, Rodimus is pink. Or, Hot Rod is pink. <laughs> oh my yeah. god. A, I literally, after it got to the scene with Rot, Hot Rod and Daniel at the lake, I went, whoa, 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 wait a minute. And I put pause, I went to my, other, I pulled out the other DVD, threw that in my 5-disc DVD changer, and went to that scene, and I was like, oh my god, this what's going on? The colors were... Just, like, the color brightness was turned way up on the remaster. I heard
2: that at BotCon. Wow. It's it's like they did an auto-color correction and never bothered to check the results.
1: Yeah, it's... In the original one, he's bright red. I mean, he just... he is. He's bright red. He's very bright. He's just very bright. In the remastered version, he's bright lavender. Well, no, lavender's purple. Like we talked
0: about before we started recording the show here, The color isn't consistent throughout the movie, either.
1: No, it's not. But the one thing I also noticed was that whole fishing scene, Daniel, little child riding on a jet-powered skateboard. Yeah, that was smart. (laughs) Uh, So, wait a minute, his parents were trying to kill him. Anyway, uh, that whole... I just have to...
2: I still wonder about how that jet-powered skateboard managed to have that huge
1: of an exhaust. I I don't want to know. I just don't want to know. <laughs> but that whole scene was when it you had the deep like death scene in the shuttle with everybody dying. And yeah, it was. It looked good. It, I didn't see any real problem. Then the fishing scene came on, and oh my <laughs> God! It was like a thousand suns appeared on my television screen. <laughs> <laughs> it was, so, it was, it was insane. It was so bright, I actually had to adjust my picture. It now, was see, accurate. I thought it was,
0: I thought it was bright too, but I didn't
1: have to do any adjusting. Well, my picture settings were a little high for <laughs> brightness, but I turned it down, and it's like, oh god, it's still everything's been given a fresh coat, coat of dear god, neon, it's neon. Yes, thank you. Walkie's gonna kill me. Anyway, uh, what did you think about the widescreen? Yeah, whatever.
2: Isn't that just a cropped version of the full screen?
1: Yeah. Well, no. It it shows a little bit more, actually, than the standard screen. But I I don't have a widescreen TV. So uh, see, I do, so... Well, I have the older version of the TV you have, I think. I think we talked about that before. The yep. Samsung. I have the older version where it's not actually widescreen.
0: And I, I didn't watch the full screen at all to compare it, so I just know it looked pretty good in, in the 16x9.
1: Now, uh, the some of the, uh, well, we're done with the movie, let's go on to the extras.
0: <laughs> Are we going to talk about Disc 1 here?
1: Yeah, let's talk about Disc Auto 1. What about Matrix of Knowledge? Yeah. The pop-up video style featurette? Actually, that's pretty fun to watch. I watched that. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. It, it really really wasn't bad at all. I kind of liked it. Uh, There were some things in there that were interesting, like when there was the firefight right outside the city, all of a sudden Ironhide flew by, and it popped up saying, in this scene, even though he died earlier, Ironhide is seen in this scene. Or Ironhide is, is fighting in this scene. And I had never noticed that before. And there were a couple of other times, like when... Of uh, character who had obviously been hurt pretty badly, like the Insecticons, when they keep showing up.
0: Yeah, but they can clone themselves.
1: Yeah, but they can clone <laughs> themselves. The Sunstreaker thing they noticed, they noted. They noted, okay, Snarl never shows up in the movie except in on Quintessa, which is like, wait, where, where did he come from? <laughs> but it was a lot of... A lot of it was, yeah, I know, duh, I'm a fan. And a lot of it was... Then there was more of... Oh well, that's kind of funny, and that's pretty cool. Yeah, I only managed
0: to watch a few minutes of it, but from what I saw, it was pretty inter- interesting.
1: Yeah, it wasn't bad at all. It, and the one thing that I did like was the pop-ups didn't really get in the way, which surprised me. Like, if you've ever watched VH1, the pop-up videos, the <laughs> bubbles get in the way. What yeah. you mean,
0: VH1 plays music?
1: Uh, when they it, used to when they used to play when they played music once upon a time. Now the
2: pop-up video thing is probably the one thing that would convince me to even at least try renting the thing if I ever bored or something.
0: It's at least worth checking out. That's for sure. Yeah. Okay. The next thing: the original theatrical trailer and TV spots.
2: Yay! Blurry kids' faces. <laughs> yeah.
1: That wasn't in the TV spots. No, the the. The ads were kind of painful because it's like, oh, this is what we could have gotten. This is what could have been done. <laughs>
0: and something that uh, a few listeners and myself were talking about uh, before we started recording this, they kept mentioning how original the story was in the in the ads. How original the story was? Yep. Isn't it just a Star Wars rebuff?
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look at R.C.'s so, character designs. So how was that original?
1: Uh, they figured out to rip off George Lucas first. <laughs> I think at that point, everybody was ripping off George Lucas, and we're like, we're more original than the other rip-offs. <laughs> and Star Wars itself was a rip-off, so...
0: Okay, uh, the Death of Optimus Prime featurette. I actually didn't watch that. You didn't? No. Well, that makes two of us. <laughs> uh, did you watch any of the featurettes? Uh, I can't remember what the featurettes were. Oh, well, there's the casting characters and the Transformers Q and A.
1: Uh, I think I, I watched the casting characters and promptly then after about ten minutes or about five minutes, fast forwarded through it because <laughs> it was the one thing they did mention though. Uh, they got to Robert Stack, and they were they were talking about Robert Ooh. Stack, and he he was actually really having. F- he said they were ha- he was having a lot of fun doing that. Yep. Leonard Nimoy. They said, when he got there, he asked for a bathroom, and he said he was doing warm-ups, vocal warm-ups, for like 10 minutes. 10, 20 minutes. And then just went through the entire movie worth of lines. And then they said, uh, oh, the Orson Welles. That (laughs) That was interesting. Because you had the director, who doesn't speak very good English to begin with, talking about Orson Welles not being able to speak English very well. Not being able to speak very well. Exactly. And I just was sitting there going, hmm, a little bit ironic. (laughs) But it was interesting because they said that Orson Welles sounded terrible, and they're going, oh, we can't use this. Wait a minute, we have a synthesizer! (laughs) It was like... Now, I know it was the 80s, but still, it's pretty funny when you think about it, because in today's day and age, they it doesn't matter. You record, and it goes right into a computer. They synthesize it. They do whatever. Back then, they really didn't do a lot of that, or nearly as much as you would think. There and was Soundwave, like, there was
2: Dr. Claw, and then there was yeah.
1: this. But those were... Actually, Soundwave and Dr. Claw... Oh, they actually said, in the movie, when Soundwave first started speaking, they actually said what type of, um, in the pop-up thing, they actually said what type of voice voice modification it is. Vocoder? Really? Yeah. They said it right there, and it was like vocoder number two, or something like that. Good to know. I was like, ooh, that's pretty cool.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, one more thing before we talk about the commentaries. Uh, the Scramble City episode.
1: Oh, God.
0: I didn't make it all the way through this. I watched the whole
1: thing. (laughs) I can't believe I watched the whole thing. I've heard so
2: far, best watched with the mute key on. Yes. Yes, That's what I'm going to
1: do next time through. (laughs) It was atrocious. It was absolutely horrible. If anybody watches this, don't don't even bother watching this. Watch it with the mute key or whatever. But download the fan sub. Yeah, download the fan sub. The fan <laughs> sub is better. It's not the best thing in the world, but it's better than what we got. It it was just it was just really really bad. And it it would was... have been
0: better had they just left the Japanese voices
2: in there. And... Yes, it would <laughs> have. Yeah, they couldn't get the rights to that, though. Yeah, but
0: well, then not have don't have anything with it. No audio at all. Just. Show me the video.
2: <laughs> that would have been the better choice. Yes.
1: Now, they did say in the con- in that Scramble City, they did say one thing that was very accurate. That everyone wondered why, where did Ultra Magnus come from? Why was he already on the planet? Okay, he was on the planet building Metroplex. Okay. Yippee. Whoop-dee-doo. He was there. Plot hole filled. <laughs> yeah, plot hole filled. <laughs> Unfortunately it didn't bother to fill where ov- where all the other new people came from. Came with ultra Magnus to build Metroplex. Well, Sad. you know, it oddly enough, when I was a little kid, I always figured, oh, okay, they have a ci- the Autobots have a city now. <laughs> that makes sense that more Autobots would come from Cybertron. Yeah. (laughs) Well, not only the one thing I did like, though, it was the last time you ever saw Chip. That's true. You saw Carly too, but Carly was just pushing buttons. It was the last time you ever saw Chip. Chip was never shown ever again. So my theory is that he was in Metroplex when it when it transformed for the first time, and he got squished. (laughs) (laughs) That's a character they should have kept. Yeah, he was actually cool. Though I'm not sure how an anti-matter formula would be stored on a five-by <laughs> on a five-by-five five floppy, but that's just me.
0: Maybe it wasn't all that complicated. <laughs> maybe mm-hmm. it was
1: really just a maybe it was really just a recipe for chicken noodle soup. In plain text, the uh, code
2: like that doesn't take up a lot of space, though. No, true. But complete works of William Shakespeare are only about five megs.
1: Yeah, but those disks were only 1.4.
2: Not even that. If it's a five and a half inch floppy, it's I think yeah. maybe 500 kilobytes.
1: Yeah, it was. But still,
2: that's, that's enough well. to write. A, that's at least enough to fit a newspaper in, minus the pictures.
0: Yeah, it could have fit under.
1: Uh, maybe I'm just being a little bit.
0: You are. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. On to the commentary.
1: On to the pile of global... L- let's
0: talk about the first one here <sighs> uh, with the director Nelson Shin, uh, Flint Dilly and Sue Blue. Did you Yeah, to listen to that? I one?
1: watched that. It wasn't horrible, but it was <laughs> it was like watching it it was canned. You know it was canned. It was just it was sad. It would
0: have been much better had they just left uh Nelson Shin completely out of it.
1: Yeah. Plus the yeah, uh, just yeah, Nelson it, they subtitled him. <laughs> yeah.
0: And and forget the fact that he doesn't speak uh, uh, English very well he brought well, he,
1: nothing he, he, he brought nothing to it
0: exactly and then he repeats himself and then he starts bringing up stuff that has that has no relation to what's going on on the screen or
1: anything well hold on here i want to see nelson shin i have a feeling i seem to remember i swear he was leaning on something he was leaning on something I, he might have had a cane or something uh i just want to see how old the guy is well he was born in 1942 Oh, so he's senile so, now. Yeah, you're he's... Yeah. Well, okay. he's, he's 64, so... That's not too bad. Maybe he was senile. Well, they could have left him off anyways. Yeah.
0: Uh, Do we want to get down to the big one here? Yeah, might as well. <clears throat> the fan commentary.
2: Bum, bum, bum.
1: <laughs> okay, then. Wow. Um... <laughs> You know, I really are don't, there any words? I really don't like speaking major ill of <laughs> fellow fans, but god damn, this was bad, really bad, and painful. I mean, it just it was. It, as a fan that is on a podcast who nitpicks, okay, yeah, but to to just a general person watching this. They wouldn't want to watch this. And every five minutes, there's an animation error. Yes, we know that. There's an animation error. You don't need to bring it up in the most snobbish way. I've never seen anyone watch this movie and comment in such snobbish ways as these guys did.
0: (laughs) We at least had fun with our commentary. Yeah, we made
1: fun of the movie, but we did it in a (laughs) lighthearted way. Yeah, and they were downplaying the movie and really kind of ripping into it. We were, in ours, we were just making fun of it.
2: But the way like, you'd make very, fun of anything yeah, if you're like, watching it with make, four people.
1: Yeah, but this one was just—it uh, was—it was painful to watch, painful to listen to, and I couldn't watch the whole thing. I just—I. I actually made it all the way through, but. Oh, I'm sorry.
0: It's a feature I certainly won't be uh, watching again.
1: Ever revisiting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it... I don't know, it... Jeez, it... It really makes me sad. <laughs> it made me sad.
0: So they're... You're saying then these, these guys weren't a true representation of the fans? Huh?
1: I don't think so. <laughs> you know, uh... I mean, yeah, I might be... Bitter about figures. As many... As some people have pointed out in my Primus review, toy review... <laughs> Yeah, I'm a little bitter about certain things. But, let's face it, Primus was not a good toy. But, you know, these guys really, really were not a good representation of the fandom. Hmm, I just found something interesting
2: on IMDB. Yeah. Under the Nelson Shin entry. Apparently, the reason that Optimus and Megatron are using laser swords in their fight is because he's the guy who came up with the lightsaber effect for the first Star Wars movie. Okay.
0: <laughs> that's a nice random fact. That yeah, and it helps us get, get
2: away from that repetitive discussion we were in before. <laughs> yes, thank you. Okay,
0: discussion topic two.
2: Discussion topic two, because we had, like, nothing this week. I figured might as well t- combine the big news this week about video game systems that are coming out and say, okay, we got a big movie coming out. We got a movie tie-in game that's going to be coming out alongside it. What do we want to see from the movie tie-in? game thingy
1: not sucking
2: well yes that goes without saying
1: what do you want to see Matrix Matrix yo what would you what do like you to see from the movie the thing I was thinking oh <laughs> well we can't exactly
0: uh, hear you thinking I was actually chewing too so oh, okay um well that depends What what are we looking for here for this discussion topic, like
2: story-wise, uh, story-wise, it's probably going to end up at least partially based on the uh, movie.
0: So you think maybe we'll see like a, a prequel to the movie, and then um, the story taking place during the movie, possibly after the events after the movie.
2: I'd love to see it take place after the movie or before the movie. I imagine we might end up getting something set during the movie and just kind of following that through, like we've seen with a lot of movie time games recently. Possibly, I don't know, feature, uh, how, uh, nuts, can't say that without spoiling part of the movie, and we're not doing that on the podcast. <laughs> well, but the yeah, there are thing... some cool things they could do slightly before the movie, and it'd be interesting to see after the movie.
0: Yeah, see, I'd be happy with something like, maybe a few levels or whatever you want to say, taking place before the actual movie, and then acting out the movie in the game
2: unfortunately I can't really see to doing something like the Spider-Man 2 video game which is probably the best movie tie-in video game that they've ever done and it was done by the same company that's doing this I, I, well same publisher anyways we have no idea who the people actually designing <laughs> it are so this is just shot in the dark But
1: I don't remember the Spider-Man 2 game too much
2: well they hit all the major plot points and stuff like that from the movie but in between they throw in a bunch of other stuff Okay. Like, there was an entire Mysterio subplot and an entire Rhino subplot. And they, like, threw That's... in some other classic stuff in between the events of the movie.
1: That would be really cool if we got little subplots with maybe figure or uh, characters that don't show up in the movie. Like, maybe there's a Thundercracker subplot or something like that. Yeah, that could be cool. The one thing I really hope they don't do is the... I remember the Incredible Hulk game suffered from this. The movie was terrible, but the game had the Hulk missions and then the Bruce Banner missions. Stealth
2: Bruce Banner missions.
1: Yes, and the Stealth Bruce Banner missions were terrible, but the Hulk missions were absolutely a blast to play as because the term Hulk Smash literally came into play. And then they made another game, Unlimited Hulk or something like that, it was came out recently that, yeah, it was the Hulk. And it was a lot of fun to play as the Hulk.
0: So then you don't want to play as uh, the Autobots and then play as Spike?
1: No. God, no. <laughs> no humans. Eh. I'm, I'm hoping no humans, but I have a feeling we're going to see humans.
0: Maybe you can step on them out in the street. <laughs> That'd be nice. That would be awesome. Of course, it'd also be nice if you could choose which side you want to be on. Whether it be the Autobots or That would be account. cool,
2: but it'll never happen. I know. Now, yeah. what I'm expecting is some kind of, uh, similar to the first major recent Transformers game, we got some kind of third-person, over-the-shoulder type game with uh, the transforming mechanic kind of given lip service, but hopefully maybe just throwing in some like vehicle levels or something like that. It takes some. It would take some looking at to get the gameplay right, and as a movie tie-in, I think they might have some trouble getting it right. But there are some really cool things they could do. It would be really cool to have like a uh, really big levels, and actually have to drive around them for practicality <laughs> purposes.
0: Like shadows of the colossus, big. Eh,
2: I was thinking maybe a bit more like a Grand Theft Auto, just because I'd rather have. <laughs> City driving than off road driving in the game, and that probably (laughs) would fit better. Uh,
0: Isn't that what we had in the other Transformers game?
2: uh, Uh, The other Transformers game was way more off road, and therefore driving was of very limited value.
1: Yeah, especially on the Antarctic level. Because all (laughs) of a sudden your roadway would just completely vanish.
2: Crap Canal. Yeah. We need a game that actually takes advantage of the gimmick.
1: That. Is, that would be very nice.
2: And that actually would make a stealth mission kind of interesting. If you can get from place to place easily in your stealth mode, but when you actually have to get out and do something is when you have to be stealthy. That would actually solve a lot of the problems with stealth gameplay in a lot of other games.
1: That's true.
0: Now this is coming out for the next-gen systems, right?
2: Uh, Presumably. I'm Which guessing case? it'll come out for... uh PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3, Xbox, Xbox 360, Nintendo, Wii, Game Boy Advance, Nintendo DS, PC, and PlayStation Portable.
1: Good God. That is... You're going to have to develop multiple different games then. Yeah, it'll be be about four different games. Yeah, you're not talking just one game. That's ridiculous. I'm sorry. They're not... Activision is not EA.
2: (laughs) Uh, look yeah. at all the Tony Hawk games. They've managed to come out with, uh, over the course of one year, like, at the same time, <laughs> they have a game, they'd have, like, the uh, next-gen version. Which that is would Tony be coming Hawk out. 8. Yeah, they'd have, like, the Tony Hawk 8, and then in the past, in some of the previous ones, they'd have the new Tony Hawk game, as well as a scaled-back version of it for the original PlayStation, and then a subcontracted-out version of it for portable platforms and I'm thinking they could actually pull it off. I'd imagine that they'd either shoehorn the Wii version in to the control scheme, or just skip the Wii version altogether, or subcontract the Wii version out to someone else.
0: Now see, the whole transforming gimmick is perfect for the Wii control. How? I don't know, you move it around, you make your figure, or your character transform.
2: The only way I can think of would be if you changed the way you were holding the controls as the way you can tr- transform the character like you switch from Legend of Zelda style controls to, to excite, excite truck, truck controls. style controls to switch over to vehicle
1: mode. For those of you who don't know or don't know anything about the Wii, the Nintendo Wii has a remote. It's the control the main controller is like a remote. For driving games you turn the remote on its side and hold it like a steering wheel and
2: it's actually coming with us. Some companies are actually going to be selling a steering wheel attachment for it. Yeah. But, but yes, so the motion sensing gimmick is rather interesting.
1: It's gonna be it's going to be unique. I just I'm really kinda of worried because one, movie games have been traditionally bad. Rat. <laughs> they're traditionally bad. They're traditionally really, really bad. They're traditionally
2: people taking advantage of the fact that since the movie is coming out they're getting a multi million dollar advertising blitz and they don't really have to do anything to sell about twenty 200,000 copies. Exactly. Every once in a while you get a good game like Spider-Man 2 or Chronicles of Riddick Legacy of Butcher Bay. And well, that the was weird
1: pr- that was a prequel.
2: It was a prequel but it was designed as a movie tie-in. Yeah. And one of the reasons it was different was because Vin Diesel insisted that the game be good and actually worked really closely with the people developing it. Yeah. And the other thing is the movie that it was based on sucked and the game was awesome. <laughs>
1: I liked the movie. Pitch Black I didn't like. I liked eh. the second movie, though.
2: There is kind of a weird inverse correlation game quality to movie quality thing. Well, and... no,
1: that's that's not entirely true. You see, the second Matrix movie sucked, and the game equally sucked.
2: The second Matrix movie was not bad, but when viewed in context with the third Matrix movie, it turns to shit. Yeah.
0: Well, when viewed in context with the first one...
2: When viewed in context with the first one, you can kind of see how it's the middle of the franchise, and it's not going to be quite as good, but it did set up enough cool stuff that the third one should have been a really cool movie, and then it was just the
1: world's most boring action sequence. Yeah, and it takes the one character, what, ten minutes to die? Yeah. From massive, massive, massive bodily trauma.
2: Yep. Uh, getting back to the whole Transformers thing though I think Activision will be most successful or whatever company Activision or companies Activision has to develop the thing if they look at it as a way to do a really cool gameplay experience rather than trying to make a third person action adventure game that replicates the story of the video game of the movie
1: well here's hoping
2: now, how do you think they'd handle it on the portable platforms? I mean, you have I, distinctly I more limited controls for that. You think
1: For the D S the D S controls would be very simple. I can I can honestly see them being rather easy. But the PSP poses a real problem because you've got a thumbstick, you lose the ability to touch. To touch, and the touch could be could be steering the touch in vehicle mode, the touch could be aiming in robot mode. I mean, if they copied the control screen for Metroid Prime, or Metroid, on the DS, they would have, you'd have a shooter, practically. But it's also, what kind of game is it going to be on the portables? Are we going to have an action-adventure? Are we going to have a shooter? It'd be
0: a really bad game.
1: (laughs) I'm almost expecting something
2: top-down. Hmm. I could see that, kind of like Killzone are- Liberty. Uh, maybe something like Killzone Liberty, something between Killzone Liberty and the early GTA games.
0: I'm holding out for the Tiger LCD handheld. Oh, shut
2: up!
1: <laughs> Tiger doesn't even exist anymore. What are you talking about? Shh. You sure? Well, they don't make. I don't think they make those things anymore.
2: With the power of Wikipedia. Tiger Electronics has been a part of Hasbro Corporation since (laughs) 1998. So not only does Tiger still (laughs) exist, there is a high chance of there being a Tiger Electronics product tie-in to the movie. (laughs) Fuck, fuck, fuckity, fuck, fuck, (laughs) fuck. Actually, they haven't made those type of games for quite some
1: time. Yeah, why don't we just get one of the, what was it, Transformers Leapfrog, or Transformers count your one, two, threes. Hey, those
0: LCD games were the shit in
2: the day.
1: Oh, yeah, they were. Then the game came out. they (laughs) were shit. I don't know about the the
2: prefix, but they were shit.
0: (laughs) No, he's... Nah, some of them were pretty good.
2: Mr.
1: Game & Watch was fun. Ah, yes, classic Nintendo. (laughs) Anyway, back to gaming of Transformers. I really... I really hope they have... I liked the Transformers Armada game That game was just fucking hard as hell.
2: Oh, yeah, that game was insane as far as difficulty went. The minicons really didn't bring anything to it, either. They did the best possible way they could have handled minicons, though. Well, not the best possible way. It would have been nice if you didn't actually have to jump out of the level to switch out your minicons. And they could have done a bit more without menus. But as far as the appearance, it seemed right... You felt like you were a robot, but not like you were piloting a robot, which is actually a really hard thing to accomplish.
1: Not only that, the transformation transforming was cool, but it didn't really serve much of a purpose on on some on most levels. Also, there was no point to be anyone other than Prime.
2: Yeah, there was. Being Hotshot was useful every once in a while when you needed the. Uh, Well, actually, you played as Prime to beat the crap out of people in the game, and then you played as Hotshot to go back and get all the minicons.
1: Oh. That's right. Hotshot was the lightest. And fastest. Yep. But I just hope that in the game we get, you can play as more than one character. You could play as maybe anyone on the Autobot team. I'd be fine
2: playing as a single character on the Autobot team if the other characters are fleshed out and will actually fight alongside you. Or actually act as fully fleshed out characters in the game.
1: You know, I'm sure we're going to hear about it at this year, at the coming, you know, towards April, May we're going to be getting video game. Well, no, by that point the movie... By that point roll. the thing yeah. should be in full hype swing. Yeah.
2: I'm surprised we haven't heard anything about it by now.
1: That worries That's kind of worrying me. Yeah. The fact we haven't heard anything other than, oh yeah, Activision's making it. Oh, boy. Uh, in fact, we haven't heard anything. That's scary. Yeah, it seems like they would have had something at BotCon this year, but... Uh, they did have
2: a station at BotCon. I just don't think they actually had anything worthwhile happening.
1: I really hope they don't... It, a lot of companies in video games are doing this now, where they'll just release a game, and then they'll start releasing patch after patch after patch to fix things. Yeah. Unfortunately, it, I mean uh, hell. The, the PS3 has a patch right out of the box. So does the Wii.
2: To be yeah. fair, even though the PS3 is shit and the Wii isn't.
1: <laughs> but uh, it, you know, it, the fact that there's nothing about it it worries me more than anything. Moving on. Moving on. And we are moving on listener to questions. listener questions. This one comes from mummercus Prime. Is there any? Hey, you said his name right this week. Yay. Is there any Transformer toy you would pay around $1,000 for? No. Oh, one God. of those golden Lucky
2: Draw Primes, if they were actually made of gold and solid gold, <laughs> so then I could turn around and sell it for well more than 1000 bucks after melting it down. Amen.
1: Yes, that... I have to agree with Awa on that one. <laughs> Question number two comes from <laughs> the Brousset. The Broussie? The Broussie? It's French, I don't know French. I never quite understood what was the what was with the, or what was the Jetfire Skyfire deal. A friend of mine had the Jetfire toy back in back in the when, which they never saw on TV. Then we had Skyfire on the show. I guess everyone assumes, including myself, they're the same robot. But is this really the case?
2: Skyfire is the closest they could get to the Jetfire character yeah. design appearing on TV because the Jetfire character design slash toy slash however you want to put that. Was a giant robot from a, another TV show called Macross, or Robotech here in the U.S. Yeah,
1: six one half dozen of the other. Yep. Now also, in the comics, Jetfire was the sky f- was Skyfire. If that makes any sense, he was <laughs> in the comics. Jetfire was the same as he was in the show, but the toy is actually. And if, you ha- if anyone has the toy, they can look at it. There's actually a Bandai label on there. So, the thing was created by Bandai, and Hasbro just bought the rights to sell it over here, or something like that. I don't remember the exact details. There's even one
0: version that has the Macross stickers on it. Yep.
1: Fortunately, I don't have that one. I don't have the figure at all, so... But I do have a Valkyrie, which was the name of the Jets in Robotech.
0: You mean in Macross.
1: That too. Moving on to the last question comes from Jake Man. <laughs> Is that what
0: they were called in Robotech? What were they called in
1: Robotech? I don't remember. Planes. Uh, Planes. Veritech. Veritech. Yeah, Thank that's you. it. Anywho, the last question comes from Jake Man. Who was G1 Megatron's best underling? Soundwave, without a doubt. Yeah, gotta got, Soundwave. got to go with Soundwave. Soundwave <laughs> was the man, or the bot. Starscream the was
2: ass kiss. Soundwave was competent and loyal.
1: Yes. Now, Shockwave in the show was very competent and very loyal. He just, I, he just happened. He just to never saw just him. Never yeah, he never <laughs> saw him. He was stuck on Cybertron, going, "Oh man, I'm on Cybertron. I'm missing all the fun." Well, maybe not. But
2: if you average all the fictions together, it's Soundwave at the top of the list, then Shockwave then every other decepticon then starscream
1: <laughs> yep yeah for all his uh for all his talk starscream was probably the most incompetent decepticon
2: incompetent and disloyal
1: yeah and well he did happen to gain the power of the matrix and the underbase and subsequently lose both
2: <laughs> yeah again incompetent
1: he was pretty
0: competent in uh
1: episode 13 which one was episode 13
2: Attack of the Clones.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> what? Wait, Attack of the Clones? Countdown to Extinction. Must be a bad dream. Sorry, random Megadeth quote.
0: <laughs> I believe that was episode 13. Whatever Countdown to Extinction was, that's the episode. I think it was 13. Eh, whatever.
1: <laughs> and
0: but yes, I think we agree, sound wave.
2: Starscream does serve a purpose, though. He actually fairly effectively demonstrates why the other Decepticons considering a treachery is not exactly the best course of action. He's there to serve the example of why you don't betray Megatron.
1: I have to admit, in the comics' infiltration, Megatron hands Starscream quite possibly the best punishment I've ever seen. He literally grabs Starscream by the shoulder pulls Starscream right up to his fusion cannon, and fires. And promptly puts a massive hole in his torso. Throws him off to the side. Turns to the other Decepticons and says, pick him up and fix him if you can. We'll deal with him later. And then just goes on his business. (laughs) Nice, And, oh, it was... Just reading that was just the most satisfying... It's like the ultimate bitch slap. Except with the fusion cannon. Fusion cannon slap? Yeah, fusion cannon slap. (laughs) But that is all of our questions for today. Join us next time. Yes, we need more. Join us next time. Lots more. When we discuss the theoretical implications of of, um... Uh... Garbage and junk yawns and stuff. Yeah. yeah,
2: if we could use discussion topic ideas too, if you want.
1: Yeah, throw us some throw us some
2: discussion topic ideas. Unless we get some spectacular news over the course of the next <laughs> few weeks, throw some discussion topics our way too, because we're running out of ideas. Well, actually, we're not so much running out as scrambling for ideas at the last minute, but nonetheless, <laughs> help
1: us out. <laughs> Give a hoot. Don't pollute. God, I was hoping you wouldn't do that. <laughs>
0: Come on, you knew I was going there.
1: Uh, (laughs) I'm going to look at the pretty rock garden picture. Can't we just end the show? I think we can end the show. Yeah, the show's pretty much over.
0: Alright. This is Matrix Prime, and I'm signing off. This This is Spada
2: saying goodnight, everybody. This is R64, who compiled a list of video games that we might be able to look at to see what we might end up with for the Transformers video game. If we want to go back to that discussion topic at a later date, or I could just post it on the website, or whatever. And now I'm going to sign off before I run out of breath.
0: Later.